Welcome to Multiple Nerdgasm with your hosts, Matt, Luke, and Dan. Multiple Nerdgasm, your guide to all things nerdy. So guys, I uh, I had a dream the other night that I had... Was I good? <laughs> you weren't you weren't there actually. Uh, oh no the the dream was that I, I was got just to you see... and I was it Dan? <laughs> Sadly no man. <laughs> uh, that's my dream every other night of course. But uh, this particular oh. night I dreamt that I got an advanced screening to episode eight, the Last oh. Jedi. All right. So yeah. uh, obviously this doesn't give us any insight into what the film will actually be. But do you guys <laughs> sure. do you want to good you guys want to know what episode eight was? In my dream? Yeah. Yeah, what's Absolutely. your dream? Tell us about it. Yeah, so um, so in my dream, episode eight was actually a prequel. <laughs> right? <laughs> to what? So, so it, was, uh, it was a prequel to episode four, right? Mm-hmm. It right. was about a so young Luke one. Skywalker. Did you just fall asleep watching Rogue One? <laughs> no, it was before that. It was about Luke Skywalker around 15 years old. Right, hmm. and he obviously knew nothing about the Force, knew nothing about Jedi's, knew nothing about Ben Kenobi, and all that kind of stuff. But he right. still, actually, uh, I guess because of his naturally high midichlorian count, he was able to manipulate the Force. He just didn't understand it, right? But he had always huh. known that he could do these subtle little Force maneuvers. Right. Yep. It focused on that, and yep. it focused on one particular adventure that he went on as a younger man. It was almost like a western. He went to this kind of outpost town in Tanawine and he had this... There Toshi was this station. Kind of... <laughs> That's right. Yeah, maybe it was. And uh, he was trying to pick up some power converters. No, but he had... Uh, <laughs> there was this kind of gangster in the town and uh, it was it was like a western, right? He was trying to set these gangsters off each other, kind of like... Uh, what's that, that samurai movie that ripped off that cowboy movie? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. Fistful of dollars, right? There was right. an alarming amount, and even in the dream, I was shocked. There was an alarming amount of hardcore sex in the film. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, at one point, uh, there's this kind of... like. I, well, before we go on, uh-huh. what's an alarming amount of sex? <laughs> For a Star Wars movie, any, right? But I, sure. Uh, but don't forget that in this dream, I'm just sitting in a cinema watching a film, right? I'm yeah. just musing to myself, oh, fuck, there's, there's this one scene where Luke... Uh, there's this kind of gun battle in the street and Luke ducks down behind this kind of old rusty, uh, I'll say car, but, you know, that's only for the purpose of some kind of like speeder, speeder or something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he looks in. In Inside is a transvestite and an alien having sex. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and the transvestite is like deep-throating this little alien penis. And huh. I remember thinking even in the dream... This is a bit much for a Star Wars movie. I remember, I was thinking just before, has there ever been a film where I've thought, this is an alarming amount of sex? <laughs> and and all I can think of is The Room. Oh, like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> when that sex scene just goes on for way too long and it's and it's just not, it's boring. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and only one of the actors seems into it and they seem way too right. into it. And then the same sex scene is just in it again later. Yeah. <laughs> now I haven't seen the room. Is oh, the man that's enjoying the sex scene? Is that the writer slash director? Oh yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I just had how. a feeling it might be him. And the other one's just you a poor actress who regrets agreeing to it. 
Yeah, no, no I haven't seen it. I know I need to, and it's a, like the best worst movie, but I don't know. The guy just seems like a dick, and I just don't want to give him money. Look, it's very funny. you do want to see it, but don't just download it and watch it at home, right? You've got to go, yeah, go- to a cinema that is playing it as like yeah. a midnight screening yep. or something. They'll give you th- If you're up in Sydney, go to, to the throw- Orpheum or something. Yeah, Cremorne Orpheum, the Cremorpheum. Cremorpheum, yeah. Throw spoons at the screen, chuck a football around. <laughs> it's worth it. It's great. Yeah, it's well worth it. I will see it at some point, but yeah, I need to see it with people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Matt- only problem with seeing it that way first is that you will miss some of the funnier moments because everybody's talking and yelling stuff sometimes. That's true. Like my tastes, some of the funniest moments in the room aren't you know, the like leg bits. slapping. Com- you know, not the leg yeah. slapping funny bits. It's just the atrocious acting and delivery of lines just like really amuses me. And uh, sometimes you miss those because people are laughing because he just really is yeah. awful. Next level awful. But he doesn't, he, the thing is, he doesn't think it's awful, does he? I don't know what he thinks. <laughs> like, the impression I've got from one of the interviews I've seen, he actually thinks that it's still a legitimate good movie. We'll put it this way, Luke. This guy had such a little understanding about how the medium of film worked that he knew he wanted to release it both at the cinema and on video. So he shot it simultaneously on two cameras, a film camera and a video camera. <laughs> what? Yeah. The cameras were side by side at he's all like, times. He's, he's actually like a, a pretty baffling human being. So there's actually two versions of the movie pretty much. I guess so, yeah. Even though you have them side by side, they would still be slightly different. Like the the movie doesn't even make sense. Like, and, and it's not it's a, not like it's a convoluted, complex story. It just just scenes happen. I mean, two characters are doing something, and it'll cut somewhere else. And one of those characters is now in that scene doing something, and then it cuts back, and they're still in the other scene. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, it made him money, so that's true. It eventually did. Do we lose Dan? Did Dan go away? No, sorry, I'm here. I'm here. I think he's just in shock. Yeah, he's just <laughs> too busy thinking about Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, I was actually thinking more that if. If you haven't thought that a movie had an alarming amount of sex, then you obviously haven't watched Nymphomaniac by Lars von Trier, in which you see in full detail Shia LaBeouf fucking people. (laughs) But I would be expecting that when I was watching that. So I I don't think I would be alarmed by the amount of sex. I was alarmed by seeing Shia LaBeouf's penis. Yeah. That's but fair. you saw it before you watched the movie. Right, just by Googling it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we saw it on it. this very podcast together. <laughs> I think I blocked that out of my memory. Uh, uh, how's the weather where you guys are? Stable. Um, well, yeah. For Dan, it doesn't change. For me, we're in a heat wave at the moment. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that just because we've run out of other things to talk about. I just wanted to mention that um, for, for the very first time, uh, I've been experiencing blizzards. It's kind of fun. Blizzards, eh? Moment, so fun. you've been playing uh, Diablo 3? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You haven't gone back to World of Warcraft, have you? No, 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 no. No, no, this is, uh, this is the, the uh, I guess, the climate that those games were based on. Snow mm-hmm. falls from the sky. I don't know, you guys probably aren't familiar with that where you, got, where you live. Actually, Luke, you get snow sometimes in Cambria. Oh, very, very, very rarely. Yeah. Well, we've got a fuck ton of it outside. It's actually. Yeah, it doesn't uh, sound fun to me. I get to. I have to work from home on days because I can't get to work. Wow! And they just accept that as an excuse. Snow. 
They're just like, oh, well, no one can get oh, yeah. here. No, it's not, not even an excuse. No, no, no. My, my work is actually really good about it. He says, huh. you know, don't come in. If you're not comfortable driving, don't. But we're still putting in a full day's worth of work. Oh, yeah, of course. That's why we've got laptops. Yeah. I think it's sometimes easier to work from home. I Mate, agree it's sometimes. It's always easier to work from home. Like you don't have to deal with people. It's more for mm. me that I can actually do tasks from start to finish. Yeah, sure. Without just constant mm. distractions. Like you can start, no distractions. There's no interruptions. Here I go, I'm going to work on this. I haven't experienced it at the new job, but at my old job, yeah. People can't just walk up and ask you to do something else. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I think employers should realize that too. Like if I work from home, I get a day's work done, as in a day's worth of work, in about three hours. Mm. Yep. Well, the other thing is, you're sort of even if you do work like a full time, like the whole eight hours, you're sort of still saving an hour of your own time because you don't have to travel anywhere. Yeah, you don't right. have to shower anything. You just get up, <laughs> don't have to change. Yeah, never have to shower again. And that's very important exactly. to you, Luke. <laughs> I hate showering. Uh, one thing I got. That I mentioned, I got a laptop. I got a, I got one of the new MacBooks. It's got one of those little touch bars on it. So how is that touch bar? It's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little gimmicky because uh, not, I mean, because I, I'm a programmer, so I don't have a whole lot of use for it. You know. Well, just day. program it to do stuff, Matt. It's not magic. <laughs> yeah, I probably should. Uh, it, it's fancy in that if I've got Spotify playing, then a little Spotify logo appears on it. If I tap that, it'll come up, and I can control. A bunch of stuff in Spotify that would normally I have to click into the app to do. So, so like for someone skip tracks, who's... I can even scrub through tracks from the from the little touch bar. It's cool. So, so what is it? Because like I don't know Max at all anymore. So what's the touch bar? Okay, so uh, on my laptop, uh, there's the keyboard, and then where the mm. you know the F F one F two etc keys go. Yeah, function uh, keys. Yeah, yeah, where the function keys normally are, I have a little touch screen that uh, changes. But where so, are your function keys? Well, they're on there if I push the... Because uh, on a Mac, the function keys are actually kind of hidden anyway. Like, uh, the yeah. function keys control things like uh, the volume or the brightness. And then when you hold down the, the function button, which is at the bottom left of my laptop keyboard, then they become F1, F2, F3. And then on, on okay. the new one, if I hold down the F, the function key, then those function keys pop up on the touch bar. Does that make sense? I just... Yeah, just couldn't imagine living living without function keys. That's all. Well, what do you use them for? That seems weird to me. I, I use them a lot for my work. Oh, okay. All right. I can't remember the last time I used a function key. Quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, I do to quick save and quick load in video games from time to time. Okay. Yeah, like for programs I use, like it's a lot like F eight. It's like activate and stuff. So it's. Oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, they're still there. Them. It's just you've got to hold down a, a you know like a another key to get them to pop up, but. It's pretty cool. I can see uh, a lot of the Apple stuff uses it more effectively. Uh, so I think if you use Logic, you know, it's got a bunch of handy shortcuts on there. And Final Cut, I think, has that too. They've implemented it. And I'm sure other stuff will. Uh, it's a little gimmicky at the moment, but it's cool. Um, it, it's yeah, I think a- where gimmicky stuff can sometimes take off or it can go nowhere. Like, um, Sure. I know, like the Wii U, I'm going to use as an example. Like, that was... Great for Nintendo, but no one else really took. No third-party developers took it up. So I wonder if it's going to be the same for right. the Apple. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Well, Spotify uses it uh, mm. to, to pretty good effect, 
and hopefully other apps will too. But yeah, it's 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 cool. It's handy. Uh, it's not as I don't know when I first saw it and people were complaining. Oh, the function keys are gone. No, nah, they're not. They're still there. Mm-hmm. They're not. Like, it's not it just so takes bad. one more button push and they're back. Well, on a well, Mac, it's the you same have to do anyway. That anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The no. Mac's a bit differently. So it's actually the same, really. It's just that they're not physical yep. keys. It's like a, a little uh, LED display, kind of like a, like a mini little tiny iPad on the top of your keyboard. Oh, okay. Yep. It's like they wanted mm. to do a touchscreen and then just couldn't commit to it. Well, they said they tried touchscreens, which was I thought was interesting because it means that, that uh, they obviously did make them because they, they had them and they tested them out and they just said, nah, we don't want that. It doesn't capture what what we think is interesting about touch, so they made the touch bar instead. Because mm. to be fair, I've never wanted a touchscreen laptop. I don't. I just don't care. Maybe they're onto something. I actually have one, and I don't care for it. Yeah, I don't know anyone who uses. Like it I don't that much. use, don't use the touchscreen. I use. I've got a keyboard that I've attached to it, and that's what I use. Yeah, so maybe they're Look, onto it, something. You know what this reminds me of? I mean, because you can you can customize this yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 You can. Uh, you know, the same as. You know when you've got uh, the you know the icon bar on a on an Apple, say in Safari or in whatever, you can customize the buttons that appear. You do the same thing for the touch bar. Yeah, I think that's quite good actually, and it's uh, and and even within certain applications, you can map out what you want to have handy on that on that touch bar. It reminds yes. me a lot. Yep. <laughs> do you guys remember a really really old console called the Intellivision? Yes, I certainly do. Yeah, so it had a controller. That was just plain buttons, but every game came with a skin that you slid over the top yeah. of it. That's, I think there's one in this house, which was a great it idea. It was amazing because it meant that, like, is there an television in this house? <laughs> you think you might just have one console from the late seventies, early eighties? There's a ColecoVision. Oh, the ColecoVision. No, they have a ColecoVision here. Oh, sure. It's probably the same thing. Well, this reminds me of that, just in the way that, like, now if I'm pushing, say, I'm using Final Cut Pro. If I'm pushing the mm. cut, I'm not just pressing B. I'm I'm actually pressing on the little blade tool, you know? Yeah, right. The little like razor it. blade. Don't cut yourself. Yeah. Well, waka, waka, waka. I've actually had all mine removed from my home by my <laughs> psychiatrist. <laughs> what, you let him in? Yeah. Oh, he I gets him in. in. Into my heart. <laughs> While he was there, he stole all the razor blades. <laughs> <laughs> then he committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see this article? Uh, it made me oh, laugh. It went dark. This article about the uh, the Indian textbook that uh, yes, I absolutely copied, copied a bit did. of flack. This is a this is a children's textbook called Our Green World Environment Studies, uh, which I guess they used to teach kids about science uh, in school in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a quote uh, from the book. It's talking about a little experiment that <laughs> the kids can do at home, and this is what it says. Living things need air to breathe. No living thing can live without air for more than a few minutes. You can do an experiment. Take two wooden boxes. Make holes on the lid of one box. Place a small kitten inside each box and then close the boxes. After some time, open the boxes. What do you see? The kitten inside the box without holes has died. One one pissed off cat and one that's dead. Wow. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, also, I'll just, you can I'll do just home also point out something else here. If you look down to the bottom right corner, you'll notice this is page one of the book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. Right. Where does it go from there? Yeah. So right from the start, you're, you're <laughs> killing animals. Yeah. 
Yeah, the book's publisher has promised that that snippet will not appear in the next version. But I love the uh, I love the the puzzle above it. Write two differences between living and non-giving things. Um, oh right, oh, Matt, yeah. you, one moves and one doesn't. Yeah, one's living and one's not living. Can only think of one. No, things can move when they're not living. Car moves. Not. Not on their own, though. Yeah, I mean, two differences well, between the non-living things in a given space. I mean, that's quite a lot to ask from a child. Yeah, but I could sort of, no, I can sort of understand where this book was coming from. Like, how? What's a way to explain how important air is? I think you could probably just explain it, right? Hold your breath. See so how. Explain it to me. <laughs> All right, Luke. Um, if if you... I hold my breath, I'll pass out. No, you won't. I yeah. dare you to hold your yeah, breath until you pass out. Well, I won't, but children, that's what young children will hold their breath until they pass out. Bullshit. Eventually, you just have to take a breath. No, children will have tantrums where they will hold their breath until they pass out. Has a ch- has child ever successfully done that? See, I'd be a terrible parent because I would be like, you just do that. Fucking see where that gets you. <laughs> I'd be impressed if my kid could do that. Children do it. Yeah, exactly right. I'd be impressed if anyone could do it and I don't believe it. I'd be like, you Luke, know what? You've earned my respect, wrong. son. <laughs> You can come out of the closet. <laughs> right, I'm Googling it now. I know it's true. Suffocating um, children. Just pop them in a little box. One with holes <laughs> and one without. Yeah. If you've got two kids, pop them in each box. Mm. But yeah, so they, yeah, they've promised that, that uh, this experiment will not appear in the next edition of the uh, of the book. And not only that, I, I think they've kind of almost based this on Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's theory. Yeah. But the point wasn't to kill one and let one live. <laughs> No, you know he was pop- he, he was he was proving a hypothetical. Yeah, if he'd known what he was trying to achieve at the beginning, he could have solved this pretty quick. <laughs> one or That's the other, right. mate. Where is he getting all these cats? And why is no one asking yeah, him all these questions? I need another cat. Okay, you got quite a few cats at home now. <laughs> no, 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 only the one. Uh, so yeah, don't uh, don't. You guys ever accidentally, you know, murder, murder an animal by not putting holes in the the box or anything like that? I don't know that I have. No, I can't say I no. have. But I have just po- posted a link under segments, kidshealth.org, that talks about kids holding their breath until they pass out. Oh, it says spells. <laughs> is this like magical the kid, magical children? Spells? Why is this under spells? spells. <laughs> yeah, breath-holding spells. Holding breath spells. Luke, what is this? Luke? What do you need to cast this? <laughs> <laughs> Types of breath-holding spells. Matt... Look, Luke, if you if you thought you were going to cast any spells, then you should have told me that you needed that in your inventory before we left. Look at this little kid up the top. Look at him. He's like, <laughs> fuck you, I'm going to hold my breath in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky little shit. He's like, I'll do it. I've done it before, and I'll, I'll do, do it, it again. Fuck a little smirk on his face. I will give myself brain damage. <laughs> Yeah, I will put my life at risk to prove this point. But have you read? These do pass out. In most cases, breath-holding spells can be predicted. (laughs) All right, fine. So I guess kids can do that. There you go. I don't think I ever did that. No. I don't don't know anyone who has. Mm. I know I haven't, but... I like my breath. Let them pass out. Then they'll be quiet. Oh, (laughs) it's Dan's having one now. Yep. (laughs) He's casting a little breathing spell on his lungs. Mm-hmm. I'll be right in a sec. You guys make me laugh too much. Oh, sorry. Yeah, thanks. All I've ever wanted. We have been doing that for like the last four hours, so... 
Mm. Yeah, if the listeners care, we were just playing a uh, game of Edge of the Empire. Yeah. We've worked out I'm not allowed to make decisions anymore. What did you guys think of uh, Edge of the Empire, by the way? We haven't done any board game type stuff, and I guess that's sort of related. It's like a it's, it's tabletop. It's uh, If you're not familiar with it, it's the the Star Wars role-playing games, like Dungeons & Dragons, uh, but a mm. bit bit different. I, I quite like the uh, the mechanics in it, to be honest. I do too, actually. Yeah, I'm starting uh, to get the hang of it yep. now. Like the dice were confusing to start off with, but they make a lot of sense now. They do. I almost want mm. to play a game of Dungeons & Dragons using these dice now, you know, using this yeah, mechanic. Yeah, sure. It's very, it's very straightforward. Yeah, and it gives you a little bit more scope than Dungeons and Dragons does. Yeah, exactly. It's cool. Yeah, you can have uh, listeners if you're familiar with role playing games. Sorry if this is. Uh, I'll, we'll keep it brief. In Dungeons and Dragons, you you generally you have like a number that represents your ability to do something. You roll a dice or a number of dice to see if you succeed based on the numbers, and that's kind of it. You either pass or fail. Whereas in Edge of the Empire. You have a pool of dice that you assemble based on various factors. And when you roll them, some of them are good, some of them are bad. And the result can be something like you fail, but something good happens anyway. You f- you succeed, but something bad happens or like all, all sorts of variations on that. And it's it's a cool, creative uh, way of playing. Yeah, but no, I, I've enjoyed it. But yeah, as I've said, like uh, I should not make decisions. And why does everyone keep letting me talk first? Because uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's true. It is. And I will never, ever censor you. Like, I drank some blue milk. I took a hostage. I fell in love with a hostage. I tried to shoot that mm-hmm. hostage in the back because you were making rash decisions based on your newfound <laughs> love for her. The hostage was calming me down. It was settling me down. It was going to be great. Yeah, you went fucking nuts after, after she died. I just had to get my frustration out and that may have included shooting you i think what we need to do is is after we do these campaigns that maybe we take turns but somebody needs to write them up in narrative form um <laughs> yeah jenna jenna's actually already doing that <laughs> great <gasps> awesome we had the same idea but it's it's i think it's it's worth putting there out as legitimate fan yeah, fiction she's looking at me funny now like <laughs> she's looking at me like what the fuck did you just say i'm doing <laughs> But I actually enjoyed that so much, I've already brought my specialization cards. Well, I'm well, going to well. be a pilot. And I'm going to just shoot more women in the back. <laughs> You're going to be a fucking rogue pilot. Can you pilot. shoot other women, just not the ones I fall in love with? You fall in love with all women. Yeah. Well, that's the plan. Watch out, Hannah. I feel like that's going to be a until theme. You, <laughs> until you stop <laughs> shooting them in the back. Whichever one's left alive at the end of the day. <laughs> that'll be the one for me. <laughs> Well, while we're talking about Star Wars, we've got, as always, we've got some fucking Star Wars news. We can't yeah. go a week without it. This cosplay one is actually really cool because uh, it predates cosplay, technically. You're talking about the kid that made boot, bootleg Darth Vader masks in the 70s? That's right. Uh, and they're pretty good. Wow. They're fucking awesome. Considering he made these from memory and sketches he made in the dark while going back to see this, the film again at the cinema. And this would be before cosplay was a thing. Yeah. Well, it was certainly before Star Wars cosplay was a thing because this was before any Star Wars merchandise was even conceived of. How much was he selling these for? 20 bucks. 
at school. How much would they be worth now? <laughs> yeah, 20 bucks. Because these are good. Matt, do you want to take us through this story? Because this is really, I find this really interesting. And if somebody's not going to make a documentary on this kid, I call dips. <laughs> at the time, you could pre-order merchandise for Star Wars, but you couldn't buy it yet because mm-hmm. uh, they kind of pre-sold all the action figures. The whole and empty box Christmas. <laughs> this kid, I guess, came up with the idea of just making the hel- Darth Vader helmets himself. Uh, and so he just went and saw the movie like a like a bunch of times, and he even he tried to uh, sneak a camera in at one point and a roll of film so that he could try and take photos uh, to base his <laughs> models off. But he got so scared. not only was he did he invent Star Wars cosplay, he also invented fucking bootlegging bootlegs. <laughs> That's right. No, but he got scared, uh, and so instead he just took notes and uh, and collected images from magazines and stuff. But he said it was hard because all the magazines used the same promo images that didn't have the detail that he needed because he only saw certain mm-hmm. aspects. But he, uh, yeah, he made them from um, a, like a, a plastic vacuum molder that he had in his basement. Uh, that he, he built it from a vacuum cleaner, plywood, and a hot plate that <laughs> he could use to make these fucking things. And uh, it's kind of amazing, to be honest. And like they're not, they're not great, but they are great given the story. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, these look a bit wonky, right? They're like they look like a yeah. like a slightly not quite right Darth Vader, but uh, but a child made them in his basement. Yeah, yeah. So considering all of these factors, and considering he didn't have so much as a magazine cut out to really get a a model off, yeah. you know, these are remarkable. He did it from memory, from seeing the movie a bunch of times. Yeah. Genius. Uh, his name, Bill Kowalski. And he's a Kowalski. he's a now a risk management executive in the insurance yeah, industry. He, <laughs> he didn't go and on. And he's to being work sued on. by Lucasfilm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I guess looking at it, he's still got one of these, uh, which is cool. Oh wait, it says here <laughs> better. Uh, some of the masks have survived. But the IRS took the molds because after he left the business, his brother got into some financial trouble with the IRS. The molds were stored in his <laughs> shop and the IRS cleaned the place out and auctioned oh. them off. Wait, the IRS they, auctioned they them off? They can't auction them off. Well, I hope <laughs> they paid tax it on it. It says they cleaned the place out and auctioned it all off. I hope Disney go after them. <laughs> Selling bootleg molds. They went after yeah. that guy who made the Stormtrooper helmet molds, if you remember. Remember he he had the original molds because he'd worked on the film and they went after him because he was selling replicas that he'd made. They were pretty good replicas. Yeah. Yeah, well, they were spot on. <laughs> yeah. But no, I just think so we, the IRS, would auction that off with something that they don't have the rights to. Just making some you money. do what you got to do, man. Yeah. What do they care? They just want their money back. I'm looking up the name of this documentary that we watched. By the way, Matt, oh, here we go. while while we are mentioning mm. documentaries, I caught up yeah. on the Batman, Ontario Batman documentary. Oh, yeah, the little that short we film. discussed last week, but that I hadn't seen yet. I've now seen it, and I agree with you. I think uh, it's it's equal parts awesome and sad at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit. bit like, However, mm. having a black Batman is kind of mm. awesome. Yeah, that's true. You know, I don't think we even mentioned that because I, I mean, I suppose it's not super relevant. 
but uh yeah i thought that was cool too also that guy was fucking ripped yeah he was and he was a ninja <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we watched a documentary this week uh, it's on netflix it's called Elstree Tree 1976, and it is a Star Wars oh. documentary on Netflix. Yes, I want to see that. I wonder if it's on Netflix here. I'm going to check right it's, now. Uh, it's pretty interesting. They they talk to a bunch of people, uh, mostly who... Some of them some of them you would know, like David Prowse, uh, who I've met uh, when I was a child, and uh, the guy who was uh, Boba Fett. I'm sure Luke knows his name. Jeremy Bullock. <laughs> Jeremy Bullock. Uh, and then also a bunch of people who are just extras or background characters. And it's really interesting because they talk about... Mm. Oh, and the guy who was Biggs uh, is on there. And uh, the other guy... Luke, what's his in name? in those scenes that got cut out with Biggs. He's on there. But they're all kind of background actors and, you know, extras and stuff. And it's funny because they talk about how they, how they got involved and how they got to be in Star Wars and that kind of thing. And then you know for a while it was cool and it all went away and then more recently because of the conventions and stuff they've all kind of become celebrities and hmm. it's interesting to see that, like the difference in personalities between these people like there's some of them that just fucking love it and like they just suck it up the attention because they've obviously they wanted to be actors and they were all kind of just you know extras and bit actors and stuff and and now they're just loving it because they get all this attention and then there's others like there's one guy in particular who uh, he was a stormtrooper and he was also like a, an X-wing pilot in the briefing room in in a New Hope and stuff like that. Uh, and he, he they convinced him to do a couple of conventions and stuff, and he hated it because he was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm nobody. I'm just, I was just an extra. I was just there. It's, it's stupid. I don't people paying me. It's embarrassing. It's ridiculous. And so just all these different kind of attitudes about it. It's interesting. Yeah, that might, that must feel weird, and, uh, right? Because I mean, you must know. You're nobody. You just happen to star in Star Wars, and that excites people, right? Yes. So even though there's yeah. dozens of stormtroopers in that movie, if you say you were one, people are going to be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> there's one guy who has a bit of a whinge at one point because he's in A New Hope quite a bit as a Rebel Alliance guy, uh, and he's annoyed because people like... Is it Jeremy Bullock, the Boba Fett guy? Yep. Yeah. He, he's, he's annoyed. He has a bit of a rant about how um, he's on screen. You can see his face, but everyone loves Jeremy Bullock because he was Boba Fett. And he has like a yeah. bit of rant about it. It's like, it's like shut up. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, you should definitely uh, watch it. It's interesting. It sounds like Ricky Gervais and that other dude in Extras. You know, there's I, a guy uh, in got it. A line. Yeah, there's a guy in it who, no shit, reminds me of of Ricky Gervais because he looks a bit like him and he behaves <laughs> like a Andy Millman, David Brent kind of crossover. He's like, you know, he he, he is that kind of guy. It's a good documentary, though. That's awesome. You know, there's another documentary that I've bookmarked that I want to see called The Line King. That's line, L-I-N-E. The Line King, which is about mm. queuing up for Star Wars movies. Oh, and, that sounds uh, cool. Really? Yeah, and it, uh, it's about people I could that... see because the original movies or from the prequels? I know both. So I one. think... Yeah, I think it's about all those people that queued up outside of like Man's Chinese Theatre and all of that back in the 70s for the first Star Wars. And then it goes for all those people that queued up for The Phantom Menace. Remember, uh, what was the name of that dog puppet? That, Tri uh, oh, Triumph the Wonder Dog. Triumph the Wonder Dog, that's it. Yeah, yep. who just went and insulted people. He's in there. <laughs> I like him. Remember when Eminem punched him? But like, I'll admit, like there was a, a website... Countdown.com that was 
basic website create. I think it was Canada.com. Website dedicated to people outline of episode one, and I remember going there and watching people lining up and reading the story, and then I just so depressing to have wasted so much of your life doing that for episode one. Yeah, I know the disappointment. (laughs) You've made not lining up for things in art, though, Luke. (laughs) It's what I do. You know that's not a new thing, Matt. I'll say this: Luke now is far more successful at not having to line up. Um, now that he has a wheelchair because people just go, okay, yeah. fine, you're not lining up, it's fine. But I yeah. remember yeah. when we were 17 or 18 and we were in the Burger King at... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know this. Fucking hell. There, there was clearly a line and there were two tills but only one was open, right? So only one had a line behind it. Luke took it upon himself to start a new line in front of the closed till <laughs> and then just refused to move. People lined up behind me. Yeah, and the staff kept saying to people, stop lining up behind this man. He knows well and good that this is not a line. They served me in the end. Yeah, they did. But by that point, we had reached the front of the queue in the real queue, bought our meals, gotten our food, went outside, eaten it, and then eventually you came out all proud that uh, they'd eventually let you through. I still count that as a win. Yeah, yeah, I guess looking back, <laughs> you won that one. You broke them. <laughs> Before we move off Star Wars news, uh, there's some Star Wars Battlefront news for all those people who enjoyed Star Wars Battlefront. I'm looking forward to Star Wars Battlefront 2 a lot more than uh, the last one I liked. Yeah. The last one we played. Look, Battlefront... Because this one's kind of single player. Yes. It's a great game. It was pretty fun for a bit, but... There was nothing that mm. kind of made me go back yeah. to it after a couple of weeks of owning it and playing it, right? But now there's a single-player campaign, which is going to be great. Well, I mean, I don't know that, but I, I feel I'm going to enjoy that sure. more than mm. just random random death matches, you know? That's well, it. I actually did log on to it the other day, and it was really hard to find a game. Yeah, yeah. Like really hard. Hard not be on there. <laughs> like for ages. I tried to play the one of the download the DLC for the Cloud City stuff. Could not get a game. Mm. Yeah, which is quite depressing because it's a good game. But this is why games need to stop being multiplayer only. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Not that it wasn't fun. It was really yeah. fun playing multiplayer. But as we know, you've you've really got to to play it with people you know. You've got to play it regularly. You've got to have the time. And these things, the excitement about these things just wears off over time. Mm. Well, I think like some multiplayer games do quite well because they keep updating and releasing mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Whereas this, the game didn't really change. They released a, f- a few levels and that took a year to release like four mm-hmm. map packs. Yeah, I was well gone by that. And by that stage, everyone's moved off. One other thing that I find interesting about this announcement is that you are going to be able to play campaigns in multiple Star Wars eras. Mm. And that I find intriguing. Yeah, right. What I'm interested to see if they bring in, like, episode one, two, and three at all, or if they gloss over them a little bit. Yeah, they left those out on purpose, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Or maybe maybe you play Old Republic stuff. Maybe maybe it's those yeah. eras. Well, that would be cool, but that stuff's not canon anymore, is it? The old no. Republic stuff. It's all it's legend. Legend. Yeah. 
Is that their official yes. stance on it, is it? It's bloody good, that's what yep. it is. All the books, the extended universe is now the Star Wars legend. Oh, my God. They might mm. end up saying that the prequels are legend. <laughs> that would be imagine the final that. Insult. Imagine that just became rumor. It is possible. So they don't discount it completely. But if you look at Rogue Squadron and even Episode Seven, they don't have anything that would really relate to the prequels. That's right. There's no Metachlorians. There's no Gungans. Mm. I'll tell you when we'll know. We'll know when Luke does or does not test Ray for Metachlorian count. <laughs> <laughs> I think he won't. <laughs> I'm putting money on that he He better not. Nah. Imagine that. I'm the last Jedi and I'm just going to need a blood test. How do you test for that? Let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use force. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we've got more, we've got more Star Wars news. Uh, Mark Hamill, being the top bloke that he is, he's sticking up for Jake Lloyd. Which I can understand him for that. Jake Lloyd got screwed over. Well, look, I mean... How old was Jake Lloyd? You can hardly blame a nine-year-old kid for a performance they did in a badly written, badly directed <laughs> yeah, film. I know. Exactly. Oh, that's... Yeah, like, That's exactly. why I feel bad for him. Because you've yeah, heard, like, George Lucas's directing style is faster. More energy. More intense. Yeah. That's his... More intense. Like, that's all he's getting. He's nine years old. And then he also has to play one of the most famous characters ever. And yeah. He got... Yeah. Not only he was at it, a severe disadvantage. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that other kid on the behind the scenes was clearly better, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it, they would have ruined him too, I reckon. <laughs> Absolutely. Someone would They would have made him. him ruin it. I mean, even look, um, Hayden Christensen's not a bad actor. I've seen him in other things. Life as a House is a great movie, yeah, and he is great in it. I've not liked any movie he's ever been in. <laughs> but he's not as bad in anything else as he is in those Star Wars films. No, well, but everybody's Natalie bad Portman, in Star Wars Portman, I think, movies. is a good example. Natalie Portman I mean. is a great actor. Yeah, she's good, Natalie but she's not in that she's not. terrible. Yeah. It's because the dialogue's like, just terrible. terrible. Yeah. And it really felt like they weren't allowed to act. Read these lines. Yeah. Not only that, but the lines were wrong as well, as anyone who's seen other Star Wars movies knows. Like, Anakin wasn't a self-righteous little cunt from age nine all the way through. He was a warrior, <laughs> a strong and trusted friend and compatriot of Obi-Wan who eventually was seduced by the dark side. Not just a prick, that they came up and said, hey, you're a bit of a prick. I think the dark side would suit you. <laughs> yeah, right. You want to join us over here? Yeah, yeah all right. because he really was just an arrogant prick the entire thing. Yeah. yeah. And for some reason, they let him get away with a lot. Why did no one tell George no? <laughs> just No, I mean they no. let Anakin get away with a lot. No, I'm talking George Lucas. I didn't get away with far too much. I let him write the script in one go. Yeah. On that, went, that yellow notepad that he has. There's this quote here as well from Mark Hamill uh, about he almost got, he says, hornswoggled into that uh, documentary. He means the people versus George Lucas. Uh, yeah. And they weren't calling it that when they approached him and they didn't tell him it was negative. Uh, right. And he, it, see, he says that he, he almost did it, but then um, they started asking him all these kind of leading questions about, you know, trying to trash uh. George. And uh, and so he, yep. he 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 walked away. But I also in the in the other documentary, Ellsworth, 
the one I was talking about before, David Prowse mentions that he's not invited to all the Star Wars events anymore, but he doesn't really say why. Uh, and I looked it up again because I was interested. And apparently part of it is that David Prowse was interviewed for the People versus George Lucas and did say some negative stuff. And apparently that's what got him banned. Oh, okay. Interesting. To yeah. Mark Hamill's credit, he's never said a bad word about George Lucas other than in no, jest. No. Like he's always no, said, no. he keeps telling George, you know, you can write this shit, but you can't say it and all of that stuff. But he's never actually criticized George Lucas in any way no. that I've ever heard. I mean, we've made silly jokes about Mark Hamill before, but I, I think Mark Hamill's probably genuinely a really, really nice guy. Like yeah. from, from what yeah. I know of him. Also, why the fuck would he slag off the man who single-handedly made his career? Yeah. Well, it's not like he has the greatest career out there. Well, he's not doing too bad, man. I mean, I know it's the curse of Star Wars. You know, people always saw him as Luke Skywalker, but come on. He still did three more, four more films, plus the new, you know, these new ones, plus all the other stuff, plus Mm. he's the Joker. Yeah, but there's, there's not a lot of really. There's not a lot of other stuff in between. Yeah, but isn't that good? You did have a bit of a. Doesn't dry that mean spell a good career? A I only get out of bed every five years, and they give me millions of dollars every time I do. <laughs> yeah, he's doing all right. He gets to pick and choose his roles. Well, and... I don't think he was making millions though. Like I know he's doing well, but he's not doing great. I don't think he's sitting back <laughs> with millions of dollars in the bank. <laughs> I really don't. I reckon. He did Star Wars, so you think he's the, like the opposite? He did the big red one. He's the opposite of Harrison he, Ford. He then went to video games for a while. <laughs> Harrison Ford needs to stop. Mark Hamill needs to do more. Just lazy. He's just lazy. <laughs> I reckon his fee for even his short appearance in Episode Seven would have bought him a new house. Oh, definitely. <laughs> sure. Oh no, but I'm saying the in between part is the part where he's probably struggled. Now he's great. He's Even Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher was starting to do conventions before Yeah, that's true. they brought her back for and episode here. seven. Yeah, and thank God she did because it was fucking awesome. Yeah. I know. You know what? That's, tr- that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think the fact that we got to, to see her before she went was, you know, something that we would have regretted had we not done it. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I'm very happy we did go now because I was yeah. close to not going because it's out of the way and then... I went, and then I went, I won't get an autograph. Oh, I'll get one. And then I won't get a photo. I'll get one. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I won't sleep with her. Oh, fuck it. I'll sleep with her. Yeah. <laughs> Just the ones. That's all it takes. I won't film it. Oh, I'll film it. <laughs> did any of you guys read Princess Diaries? I, I have it. I haven't read it. Luke, did you say you well, were reading that? Which, yes. I actually started reading it. I got up to the part where she's finally going to put it in her diary. And then she passed away, and then I haven't brought myself to go back to it. Oh, so I thought you were saying that you got up to the part in her diary where she passed away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I so, yeah, no, no, I was really enjoying it. It was really interesting. But then it's just, I don't know, going back and knowing that this is the last thing she'll ever ever write, mm. it's sort of hard. Quay's reading it right now, and we went to get it from Kinakunya recently and they tried to tell us it was out of print and i was like no 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 no. it's a brand new book and she's just passed away 
there's absolutely no way this is out of print. And the guy's like, no. I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, I think you mean out of stock. Yeah. This is why I've actually just, I just got it on Kindle. Mm. Yeah. It took me two seconds and it was there. Well, not Kindle, you know, just ebook. Yeah, I do want to read it. I've got it. Just uh, got to find some time for reading. Got to learn to read. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's just, I think it's just hard to read when, you know, that's it. Yeah. I'm like that with any dead author. You know, I can't, I can't read not- William Shakespeare without thinking, oh, he's dead. Yeah, but <laughs> you never met him. I'm kidding. You never seen him. You don't know that. Fucking speak for me. <laughs> Did somebody watch oh, yeah, Arrival? That... Is that what's going on in this? I watched it last season? night. Look, I was a, I was a little confused why there was a, you know, alien invasion sci-fi movie up for an Oscar this year, but uh, <laughs> when I watched this, I understood why. This is mm. a wonderful and thought-provoking and really original take on the invasion genre, and I really enjoyed this movie i don't know anything about it when did this come out it's very recent and yeah it wasn't like- publicized very well i will say because uh i had it was not even really on my radar but it's probably going to get more publicity now that it's it's up for eight oscars including best picture so hopefully people wow. will get a chance to see it matt did you did you see it yeah, I saw it at the Alamo Draft House, and I fucking loved it. Uh, yeah, great, huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's really clever. It's really thought provoking. I'll say this: if I have one criticism of it, and this is not even really a criticism, there's a part at the end that I, I won't spoil, Matt. But there's spoil away. There's, <laughs> I'm not going to do it because honestly, if you know about this film before you see it, you're not going to enjoy it as much. So just let it watch it with nothing. Watch it knowing nothing about it, and you'll get the full enjoyment yeah. that, that that is intended. Yeah, absolutely. But there was a part towards the end that I thought I understood, but I felt the film didn't back it up enough for me to be confident that I understood it. And of course, I went on Wikipedia later, read the synopsis, and went, "Okay, yep, yeah, I was right. Everything I thought happened had happened." But but I felt I I couldn't trust my own brain that it had figured it out. And I had to kind of go to the internet to make sure that other people had interpreted it the same way I had. Matt, did you have that experience or or do I just lack confidence? I, I think, yeah, maybe. But although I actually didn't do that because I, I mean, maybe I could to, to double check, but I was kind of content to leave it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's tough because I don't want to say, I don't want to, I really don't want to spoil yeah. anything because it is very, very, very clever. Uh, yeah. And like it got me. Arrival. You get me. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing I started watching recently. Mm-hmm. The Expanse. Oh, that's on my list. Oh, I want to see that. Oh, my God. I just started watching it. This show is freaking amazing. Fuck yeah. Is that the one on Amazon? Is this on Netflix like, or do I have to go to Italy for this? Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. Okay. It's weird. Net, like Season one's on Netflix. It looks like season two's not. Okay, I'm bookmarking but this right now. But it's just, it's like three separate, it's one story, but. It's happening in three separate areas, and you're just sort of watching people find out what's happening, and hmm. I don't actually know where it's heading towards. It's it's yeah. great. It's rare these days. Mm. And it's not a comedy, and it's not silly. Is that the one with Thomas Jane in it? I don't know who that is. The Punisher. He was the Punisher in the one with John Travolta. Yeah, the other one. It might be. 
Look, if we're talking about sci-fi TV shows on the internet... Oh, yeah. Shane, yes, it is him. Okay, good. Everyone do yourself a favour and don't even bother clicking on the first episode of the OA. It is absolute trite, arrogant, <laughs> self-indulgent bullshit. I pushed on to the end because I've heard great things about it. And, uh, yeah, it uh, it started nowhere and went nowhere. Okay, thank you, because I was actually huh. going to move on to that next. You would hate it. Hmm. This uh, this is a show that is so far up its own ass that I swear people just say they like it because they don't understand it and think that it'll sound smarter if they say they like it. And that's coming <laughs> sure. from me. <laughs> well, I, it's very rare that I watch anything you guys tell me to watch, so I'm definitely not going to watch something you tell me not to. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. Reverse psychology... Except it's not reverse psychology. It's just you just don't do what anyone says no. ever, regardless. Yeah, yeah that's no. right. It's just that he watch it. Don't watch. He it. Doesn't listen. Either way, he won't. <laughs> that's all for this week. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed it, then please subscribe and iTunes to receive episodes automatically. We'll see you next time.